chapter two of the village in the jungle by leonard wolf this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter two so punchy manika and hinihami grew up to be somewhat different from the other village children who crawl and play about the compounds always with the women and always listening to women's gossip long before they had grown strong and big enough to go down in the morning and evening with carla nahami to the tank and to carry back on their heads the red earthenware water-pots they had learnt from selindu to sit by his side for hour upon hour through the hot afternoons very still and very silent while he stared silently before him or droned out his interminable tales they grew up to be strange and silent children sitting one on either side of him in a long thoughtless trance and they learnt to believe all he told them about the strange world of jungle which surrounded them the world of devils animals and trees but above all they learnt to love him blindly as a dog loves his master when they grew old enough to trot along by his side selindu used to take them out with him into the jungle the villagers were astonished and shocked but selindu went his own way he showed them the water-holes upon the rocks the thick jungle where the elephant hides himself from the heat of the day strolling leisurely among the trees and breaking off great branches to feed upon the leaves as he strolls the wallow of the buffalo and the caves where the bear and the leopard make their lairs he showed them the sambur lying during the day in the other great caves they dashed out tens and tens of them like enormous bats from the shadow of the overhanging rocks to disappear with a crash into the jungle below he taught them to walk so that no leaf rustled or twig snapped under their feet to creep up close to the deer and the sambur and the pig they were surprised at first that the animals in the jungle did not speak to them as they always did to selindu when he was alone but selindu explained it to them you are very young he said you do not know the tracks you are strange to the beasts but they know me i have grown old among the tracks a man must live many years in the jungle before the beasts speak to him or he can understand what they say punchy maniki and hinni hami were also unlike the other village children in appearance they like selindu never had fever and even in the days of greatest scarcity karlina hami had seen that they got food karlina hami was far more careful to wash them than most mothers are she used to quote the saying dirt is bad and children are trouble but a dirty child is the worst of troubles the result was that they never got parangi or the swollen belly and pale skin of fever their skin was smooth and blooming it shone with a golden colour like the coat of a fawn when the sun shines on it their eyes were large and melancholy like the eyes of buddha in the jataka they were like two windows made of sapphire shining in a golden palace their limbs were strong and straight for their wanderings with selindu 
had made their muscles firm as a man's not soft like the woman's who sit about in the compound cooking and gossiping and sleeping all day there was therefore considerable jealousy among the women and ill-feeling against carla nahami when they saw how her foster-children were growing up when they were ten or eleven years old it often burst out against her in angry taunts at the tank oh carla nahami nan kohami the headman's wife would say you are growing an old woman and alas childless but you have done much for your brother's children shameless they must be to leave it to you to fetch the water from the tank and not to help you this is the fourth chatty full you are carrying to-day i have seen it with these eyes the lot of the childish woman is a hard one see how my little one of eight years helps me nankohami your tongue is still as sharp as jilly's punchy manika has gone with my brother and hinihami is busy in the house punchy manika wants but three things to make her a man i pity you carla nahami to live in the house of a madman and to bring up his children shameless having no children of your own they are veda children and will be veda women wandering in the jungle like men the other women laughed and angohami a dirty shrivelled woman with thin shrivelled breasts called out in a shrill voice why should we suffer these vedas in the village their compound smells of their own droppings and of the offal and rotten meat on which they feed i have borne six children and the last died but yesterday in the morning he was well then slindu cast the evil eye upon him as he passed our door and in the evening he was dead they wither our children that their own may thrive you lie said carla nahami roused for the moment by this abuse you lie mother of dirt yesterday at this hour i saw your poti sinho here in the tank pale and shivering with fever and pouring the cold tank water over himself how should such a mother keep her children all know that you have borne six and that all are dead what did you ever give them but foul words go and lie with your brother the madman the veda the pariah shrieked angohami as carla nahami turned to go go to your brother of the evil eye you blighter of others children eater of awful vesi vesiga mau go to him of the evil eye belly beliga dua go to your brother ayo ayo my little podi sinho i am a mother only of the dead a mother of six dead children look at my breasts shrivelled and milkless i say to the father of my child father of podi sinho i say there is no kura khan in the house there is no millet and no pumpkin not even a pinch of salt three days now i have eaten nothing but jungle leaves there is no milk in my breast for the child then i get foul words and blows does the rain come in august he says can i make the karakan flower in july hold your tongue you fool august is the month in which the children die what can i do then comes fever and selindu's evil eye curse him and the little ones die ayo ayo your man is right said nankohami this is the month when the children die last year in this month i buried one and my brother's wife another good rain never falls now and there is always hunger and fever 
the old die and the little ones with them the father of my children has but nine houses under him and makes but five shillings a year from his headmanship his father's father who was headman before him had thirty houses in his headmanship and twenty shillings were paid him by the government every year besides twenty-four caroonies of paddy from the fields below the tank i have not seen rice these five years the headman now gives all and receives nothing here one of the women laughed you may well laugh Pody nona she continued did not he lend your man last year twenty caroonies of korakan and as a grain of it come back to our house and Selindu owes another thirty and came but yesterday for more and angohami there who whines about her Pody sinho her man has had twenty-five caroonies since the reaping of the last crop these words of nankohami were not without effect an uneasy movement began among the little group of women at the mention of debts clothes were gathered up the chatties of water placed on their heads and they began to move away out of reach of the sharp tongue of the headman's wife and as they moved away up the small path which led from the tank to the compounds they murmured together that nankohami did not seem to remember that they had to repay two karunis of, of kurakan for every karuni lent to them nankohami had touched the mainspring upon which the life of the village worked debt the villagers lived upon debt and their debts were the main topic of their conversation a good kurakan crop from two to four acres of chenna would be sufficient to support a family for a year but no one not even the headman ever enjoyed the full crop which he had reaped at the time of reaping a band of strangers from the little town of kambura pitalia thirty miles away would come into the village mohammadu lebi ahamadu kasim the more man boutique keeper had supplied clothes to be paid for in grain with a hundred per cent interest at the time of reaping the fet sin halis mudalali kadikaraji alas apu had supplied grain and curry stuffs on the same terms and among a crowd of smaller men the sly-faced low-caste man who called himself achjige don andres his real name andresa would have revealed his caste who dressed in dirty white european trousers and a coat was the agent of the tavern-keeper in kamburu pitalia from whom the villagers had taken on credit the native spirit made from the juice of the coconut flowers to be drunk at the time of marriages the villagers neither obtained nor expected any pity from this horde with the reaping of the chenas came the settlement of debts with their little greasy notebooks full of unintelligible letters and figures they descended upon the chenas and after calculations wranglings and abuse which lasted for hour after hour the accounts were settled and the strangers left the village their carts loaded with pumpkins sacks of grain and not infrequently the stalks of indian hemp which by government order no man may grow or possess for the man that smokes it becomes mad and when the strangers had gone the settlement with the headman began for the headman on a small scale lent grain on the same terms 
in times of scarcity or when seed was wanted to sow the chennas in the end the villager carried but little grain from his chenna to his hut very soon after the reaping of the crop he was again at the headman's door begging for a little kurakan to be repaid at the next harvest or tramping the thirty miles to kamburupitaya to hang about the bazaar until the mudalali agreed once more to enter his name in the greasy notebook with the traders in kamburupitaya the transactions were purely matters of business but with the headman the whole village recognized that they were something more it was a very good thing for babahami the arachchi to feel that selindu owed him many karunis of kurakan which he could not repay when babahami wanted some one to clear a jenna for him he asked selindu to do it and selindu remembering the debt dared not refuse when selindu shot a deer for which offence the arak chi should have brought him before the police court at kambarupataya he remembered his debt and the first thing he did was to carry the best piece of meat as an offering to the headman's house and babahami was a quiet cunning man in the village he never threatened and rarely talked of his loans to his debtors but there were few in the village who dared to cross him and who did not feel hanging over them the power of the little man the power which they felt hanging over them was by no means imaginary it could make the life of the man who offended the headman extremely unpleasant it was not only by his loans that babahami had his hand upon the villagers their daily life could be made smooth or difficult by him at every turn the life of the village and of every man in it depended upon the cultivation of chennas a chenna is merely a piece of jungle which every ten years is cleared of trees and undergrowth and sown with grain broadcast and with vegetables the villagers owned no jungle themselves it belonged to the crown and no one might fell a tree or clear a chenna in it without a permit from the government it was through these permits that the headman had his hold upon the villagers application for one had to be made through him it was he who reported if a clearing had been made without one or if a man having been given one cleared more jungle than it allowed him to clear every one in the village knew well that babahani's friends would find no difficulty in obtaining the authority to clear chenna and that the agent hamadoru would never hear from babahami whether they had cleared four acres or eight but the life of the unfortunate man who had offended the headman would be full of dangers and difficulties the permit applied for by him would be very slow in reaching his hands when it did reach his hands if he cleared half an acre more than it allowed him to clear his fine would be heavy and woe betide him if he rashly cleared a chenna without a permit at all babahami had never liked selindu who was a bad debtor selindu was too lazy even to cultivate a chenna properly and even in a good year his crop was always the smallest in the village he was always in want and always borrowing and babahami found it no easy task to gather in principle and interest after the boutique keepers from kamburupitaya had taken their dues and he was not an easy man to argue with 
if he wanted a loan he would unheeding of any excuse or refusal hang about the headman's door for a whole day but if it were a case of repayment he would sit staring over his creditor's head listening without a sign or a word to the quiet persuasive arguments of the headman the headman's dislike became more distinct after the birth of punchy manika and hinihami selindu had resented his interference between him and his wife and when dingi hami died bitter words had passed between them though selindu soon forgot them baba hami did not for years selindu did not realize what was taking place but he vaguely felt that life was becoming harder for him a month after dingi hami's death his store of grain was exhausted and it became necessary for him to begin his yearly borrowings accordingly he took his gun and went in the evening to the nearest water-hole to wait for deer the first night he was unsuccessful no deer came to drink but on the second he shot a doe he skinned the deer cut it up and carried the meat to his hut he then carefully chose the best piece of meat and took it with him to baba hami's house the headman was squatting in his doorway chewing patel his little eyes twinkled when he saw selinda with the meat Rala hami said selindu stopping just outside the door yesterday i was in the jungle collecting damba fruit what else is there to eat when i smelt the smell of something dead some fathoms away i searched about and soon i came upon the carcass of a doe killed by a leopard the marks of his claws were under the neck and the belly was eaten the meat i have brought to my house this piece is for you the headman took the meat in silence and hung it up in the house he fetched a chew of batel and gave it to selindu the two men then squatted down one on each side of the door for a long time neither spoke their chewing was only interrupted every now and then by the ejection of a jet of red saliva at last baba hami broke the silence four days ago i was in kamburu pitaya i was called to the kachacheri there they asked me two phantoms in the bazaar for a coconut ayo i have not seen a coconut for two years two phantoms at last and last year at this time they were but one phantom each in the bazaar i met the kerala mahatmaya the kerala mahatmaya is a hard man he said to me arachchi there are guns in your village for which no permit has been given by the agent hamadoru i said to him ralahami if there be the fault is not mine then he said the order has come from the agent hamadoru to the disa mahatmaya that if one gun be found without permit in a headman's village there will be trouble both for the arachchai and the kerala now the disa mahatmaya is a good man but the kerala is hard and they say in kamburipitaya that the agent hamadoru is very hard and strict and goes round the villages searching for guns for which no permits have been given they say too that he will come this way next month there was a short silence and then baba hami continued it is five months Lindo, since i told you to take a permit for your gun and you have not done so yet the time to pay three shillings has gone by and you will now have to pay four the kerala is a hard man and the agent hamadoru will come next month Lindo salaamed ralahami i am a poor man how can i pay four shillings or even three there is not a phantom in the house there was a permit taken two years ago you are my father and my mother 
i will hide the gun in a place that only i know of and if it be taken or question be made is it not easy to say that the stock was broken and it was not considered necessary to take a permit for a broken gun but the argument which before had been successful with baba hami now seemed to have lost its strength a permit is required it is the order of government i have told you the koala is a hard man and he is angry with me because i brought him but two coconuts as a present whereas other arach cheese bring him an amanum of patty for i too am a poor man selindu sat in helpless silence the hopelessness of raising two rupees to pay for a gun license for the moment drove out of his mind the object of his coming to baba hami's house all that he felt was the misery of a new misfortune and as was his nature he sat dumb under it at last however the pressing need of the moment again recurred to him and he started in the tortuous way habitual to villagers to approach the subject Rallahami, is there any objection to my clearing nugaga ha henna next chenna season there are three months before the chenna season why think of that now when the belly is empty the mouth talks of rice last year my chenna crop was bad there was but little rain and the elephants broke in and destroyed much Kurakan. the lord buddha himself would be powerless against the elephants Selindu got up as if to go he took a step towards the stile which led into the compound and then turned back as if he had just remembered something and began in a soft wheedling voice Rolahami, there is nothing to eat in the house there is karlinahami to feed too if you could but lend me ten kurunis i would repay it twofold at the reaping of nugagahahenna baba hami chewed for some minutes and then spat with great deliberation i have no grain to lend now selindu ralahami it is only ten karunis i am asking for only ten karunis and surely the barn behind your house is full there is very little grain in the barn now and what there is will not last me until the reaping of the next crop there is the old man my father to be fed and my wife and her brother and the two children will you let me die of hunger and my two children give but five karunis and i will repay it threefold if you had come last poya selindu i could have given it but i owed fifteen rupees to nandayas the booty keeper in kamburu pitaya for clothes and i took kuru khan to pay it the barn is all but empty ayo we must die of hunger then give but one measure and i will repay one karuni at next reaping i paid away all my grain that was in the barn the grain which remains is my father's and he keeps it for his use you must go to the mudalali in kambura pataya salindu and borrow from him and when you go there remember you must take a permit for the gun salindu felt that he had nothing more to say he had the meat at home which he would dry and take to kambura pataya and sell in the bazaar then he would have to borrow from the mudalali who knew him too well to give anything but ruinous terms perhaps in that way he would manage to return to the village with a few karunis of karakun and a gun license he walked slowly away from the headman's compound babahami's little eyes twinkled as he saw selindu move away and he smiled to himself End of chapter two